WildTalkRadio.com. Theme song! This is the Firefly Funhouse! And I want to introduce you to some very special friends that I've met along the way. Hey, this is Adam Copeland, a.k.a. the Rated R Superstar. Hey guys, this is Renee Paquette. This is Kane from WWE. This is WWE Superstar Drew McIntyre. Hello, this is WWE Hall of Famer, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Hi, this is Bree, and this is Nikki, and we're the Battle Twins. This is Christopher Daniels, and what I like to do on my office is listen to the rap, and now you are And it is awesome. Stratisfaction is guaranteed. It's time to experience the award-winning The Rack. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I love kickball. I'm back, taking souls and digging holes. I'm going to break you, bitch, you hear me? You can love, but you can't touch. Ruthless <laughs> aggression. With your host. They've been lying to you. Heroes don't exist. Y'all become addicted to the illusion of what a hero does for you. Have I mentioned that I was uh, once addicted to eating sponges? Lindsay Ward. Look at me, woman. And you can just call me Taker. Oh my god, it's Taker. Taker, Taker, Taker. Does Taker hate me? Oh my god, it's Taker. And she was a wicked, wicked child who spat and swore and shoot you back. I like puppets. Stickers! And her producer, Sir Rockin. My little creatures of the night will now experience the magical art of puppetry. <laughs> what the game is playing. Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. We're here. Yowie wowie. I'm a perky disco turkey because I love to dance. I know this may seem bizarre. It's the coolest thing to do. That's why I'm such a star. Step side to side, reach high and low. Wiggle your shoulders and make a pose. Repeat side to side, high and low. Shake your feathers and point your toes. Now say gobble, gobble, gobble. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Rack right here on WildTalkRadio.com. It is the gobble, gobble, wobble, wobble spectacular. That's right for us here in the States. It is Thanksgiving. It's a holiday. The Rock and I are busy getting ready to celebrate, but we wanted to hang out with you guys and chit-chat a little bit about Survivor Series. So what a better way than to tape the show, right? Yeah. And, you know... Since we're taping the show, you guys can pause and go check out, you know, wildtalkradio.com, rockradioshow.com. You can follow Rock and I on Twitter, at Lens Ward, at Wild Talk Radio, and you can also check out mbgfilmsyoutube.com slash mbg1211, and then you can unpause the show and you can keep listening. Or you can listen while you surf! Yeah! Multitasking! People can do that. Ding! <laughs> anyway, like I said, we're here to talk all about WWE Survivor Series, which will air this Saturday, live on the Peacocks and the WWE Networks all over the world, or find pay-per-view providers. Indeed. We have five, <laughs> a whopping five. Which is better, better than four. Better than four <laughs> matches to discuss. 
And we do have a hypothetical sixth. And yes, it's not a show without me screaming about Bray Wyatt because now I get to do it as much as I want because he's back in the WWE. He is back in World Wrestling Entertainment. But yes, this is Gobble Gobble Wobble Wobble. And we're here to talk Survivor Series. This should be a fun show. Honestly, if they don't do any more than six matches, I'm kind of okay with this because you have the two... War Games matches, you have... So, like, that's going to chew up a lot of time. That's because 90 minutes plus right there. Because the War Games are usually 30 to 45 minutes in general. In between a Roman Reigns entrance just to get to War Games. Oh, my lord. You, you know, here we are. So, you, you're you going to spend a lot of time with War Games. So, you have to kind of pat out the rest of the card. And, and you know, bookend it. So, you probably open with the women. You close with the men. And you, you figure out where you are from there. So if you get five to six matches total in the show, which has kind of been the norm anyhow since Hunter took over Creative, where you get six to seven ma- matches on a premium live event, and you have a featuring a lot of talent, you're, you know, you're in the right spot. Yeah, I mean, if they if they keep it like this, it's good. It's really, really good. It's fine. I mean, if they add one more, okay, great. Just don't add any more than I would say six or seven, just because... There's a lot going on here. Yeah, and there's, a, there's a lot going on, and you don't need to overload a card, especially when you want to focus on two big main event-style t- matches that should be the things people talk about on the show. Agreed. So let's get into the show. Bunch of our friends at MBG Films, youtube.com slash MBG1211, and we are going to open with Seth freaking Rollins defending his United States Championship against Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory. This has turned into a really rather kind of fun little feud between the three. It's a nice way to sort of reinvent Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory character-wise and sort of get them back on solid ground. Like, Seth Seth is honestly the man when it comes to doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, he is. Like, he, he really cannot be beat. He really can't. Um, the, the question I'm thinking of is, who's the baby face in this match is it seth by default i think it's technically seth because even on monday he really wasn't baby face ish he was kind of tweener heel ish especially with his cody comments so it's like the crowd will be cheering for seth theory's gonna get booed out of the building lashley will get probably booed somewhat or cheered who knows depending on the crowd in boston I mean, they may cheer every time Seth gets hit. We don't know. We may not. That, that's another possibility. I, who knows how the crowd will react. Theory and Lashley have been going at it since the summer at, at times for the U.S. title. Seth has been involved in the picture now. It's one of those matches where it's like, if they put the belt back on Lashley, it's kind of going backwards for Lashley, where he's kind of just sort of, he was U.S. champ, and then he got the, rid of the belt to fight Brock, and now he's back in a title match. Theory could use the belt. I don't know. I don't know who to pick to win. I think Seth's been a really good U.S. champion. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to it staying on him. I I don't know if it should go back to Bobby, though. No, I don't think it should go back to Bobby. I think Seth or Theory should take the belt in this one. I'm just... I think Seth holding the top title, the only title in Raw, would be the most beneficial um, thing for this for the, the belt. But at the same time, they're, they're kind of trying to reestablish theory, so him beating Rollins and taking the title would kind of work for him. But you kind of need a bigger star holding it, especially since it's the only belt on the brand at the moment. Since it's the only title on the brand, I don't know if you want to put it on... 
theory. I feel like somebody like Bobby Lashley or Seth Rollins is a better choice. I understand they're trying to reestablish Austin Theory, but if you're going to have him lose, this is a good way to have him lose. Same thing with Bobby Lashley, because, you know, the winner or the loser doesn't have to be pinned because it's a three-way. There's also not the chance for, like, any kind of DQ, so any number of shenanigans could follow in terms of Bobby and Austin and Seth. And possibly a Cody Rhodes. We don't know. If Seth's taking shots, then Cody may be on his way back. We're right around that time where he should be almost ready to go. Because he's been out since, what, Mania? Since June. Since June. I have no concept of time. (laughs) But, like, we're right around that time where he should start looking at coming back. And I think he's been making overtures. So we could have shenanigans. Somebody could cost Seth the title. Seth could keep it. Like, it's it's a hard thing to pick because they're all so evenly matched in this, which is such a rare thing in WWE. They've done a good job of keeping them all on the same level in terms of the storytelling. Because it's like, you know, you can't discount Austin Theory because he's gotten more serious. You can't discount Bobby Lashley because he's gotten more aggressive. And you can't discount Seth because he's Seth. And if he can't physically keep it, he'll find a way to weasel his way out of it. Mm -hmm. Because that's what he does. So, I don't know. I'm Honestly, I'm going to say they keep it on Seth. I don't see a reason to change it. Because I think you can recover Bobby and Austin really easy coming out of this. Yeah, I can see that. Like, you have Seth find a way to keep his title, and he gets away. And you have Austin, like, kind of man up, and Bobby kind of man up, and Mm -hmm. go for him again. Because this is the last pay-per-view of the year, right? Yes. So, yeah. Because they got rid of they won't hold up your finger. Because conflicts. (laughs) Um, But anyway... So I could see them really, really building something between one, like either two or the three and going for it again at Rumble or they all meet again in the Royal Rumble. Or you just have matches where Seth takes on Bobby, Seth takes on Austin, you know, individually until they reduce it to two, whoever it is. And then they fight over the title. I can see that. Because I feel like, because here's the thing. Nobody knows what's going to happen with the Royal Rumble this year. Roman's Roman is for sure going into 2023 as the champion. Mm -hmm. Because I don't see them booking him in a title match between now and the end of the year. Unless they have to. So, come Royal Rumble, Roman Reigns will have to potentially defend his title. It's going to be very, very, very interesting about who they have win the Rumble. Because you're only going to have one... Unless they go for a three-way at Mania, you're only going to have one person go for the titles against Roman. And you have a lot of potential candidates out there, including Cody, Seth, Bray, provided they put Bray in the Rumble. You know, you have a lot of people kind of lingering on the edge. Mm Mm-hmm. For Roman, that could have a big impact in the Rumble. And obviously, if you're going to do Seth and Roman, which is a possibility, that title will need to come off Seth at some point. But that's an easy fix. It is an easy fix, yeah. So for posterity, Seth Rollins. I'm going to go Seth Rollins retains. We only have the wheel at the moment. We'll have eight ball and official picks, but wheel? Wrestler 2. That is who? Wrestler 2 is... I think Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley. There you go. Up next, we have AJ Styles with the OC, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, and Mia Yim taking on Finn Balor with the Judgment Day. That consists of Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and Rhea Ripley. I'm surprised they did not make this a four-on-four. I really thought we were getting a four-on-four. 
that's legitimately where I thought they were going because it's like, hey, they did the six person and then there was a Rhea problem. So, hey, let's make it, you know, a four, a four on four Survivor Series original elimination match. There was none of those on here because it's war games, apparently. Um, but I really thought we were going to get that. I thought that would make the most sense. And maybe at some point we'll get it on TV, but for, but because they needed the women for the war games, they, Went, okay, we're just going to do a one-on-one with uh, AJ and uh, Finn. And there's nothing wrong with doing AJ and Finn in a one-on-one match. Oh no, this is going to be excessively good. This, this, I kind of hope this is your opener and they lead off with AJ and Finn just because the potential of how wonderful this is going to be will really set a great tone. Like, the Seth match, don't get me wrong, that would be a solid opener as well. But this, this will be good because shenanigans will abound. Everyone will fight everyone. At some point, we probably will go to a four-on-four, just because no one can behave themselves. No. No, they really can't. So, um, that being said... It's gonna be a really good... It's gonna be a really good match. Like, I... I don't even really need to think we need to break down the feud because it's just, we know how good this will be. It's AJ and Finn. It speaks for itself. There's a lot of history between them inside WWE and outside of WWE. You have, they were smart to acknowledge all the Bullet Club stuff, everything that's happened in the past and everything that's kind of led to this moment. And it really does lead to the question, who wins? AJ needs a win. Yeah. But I don't know if he gets it or not. That's the thing. He really needs a solid pay-per-view win, but they've been pushing um, Finn like crazy, like legitimately crazy. So it's like, do you kill the momentum that he's having, or do you let that ride? I'm more in the favor of letting it ride than anything else at this point, you know? I would agree with that. And honestly, with everybody being at ringside and everybody participating in this, it's really, really easy to cheat AJ out of a win. Mm -hmm. And then you redeem him by doing a four-on-four and his team picks up the victory. Like, that's 50-50, and I hate to 50-50 it, but that's kind of how you recover AJ. Or you have him get the win over, like, someone like Damien or Dominic or another person. Yeah. But that's, that's with the amount of shenanigans that I would expect in this match, that's how, that's how you cost AJ the match is it's just outside interference, which could lead to a cage match Mm -hmm. or something to that effect where you keep the outside influences out and you just have AJ versus Finn. Or this could be one of the ones that never gets started. And you just have a massive brawl between the groups. No, I don't. I think we get the match. I don't think we're. It's going to be one of those. Um, hey, it doesn't get started because I think it's one of the matches people are looking forward to seeing. And I think, I think they're in a spot um, where they have to deliver the match. And I think you can get like you can throw the guys and girls out. And depending on when the match goes, the girls might not even be a factor. They might not be. No, because if they're in first, they're not going to play a factor in this match. So you just gotta get rid of the guys, and that's very easy to do. You can have the guys brawl, referee tosses them, and you just leave AJ and Finn to go by themselves. So I think that, that, that I think that's how you play it. I think I think AJ needs, like I said, AJ needs to win, but it, this is Finn's time. Finn's being pushed in a direction for what I don't know because again, there's no unless they're gonna unless they're gonna go back to Seth and Finn as a main program. 
I don't know. I don't know what the end result of the push of Finn is going to be. They could be setting Finn up for to be contender for Roman or whoever takes the titles off of Roman. Um, like I think you just need to build more contenders. And after Finn's kind of had a rough run, mm-hmm. like they've never really recovered Finn in the way that they should have. And Hunter's and, been working on that. And Hunter's been working on that. And because Finn is a credible challenger for any of their titles they have he's a good asset he's a good hand you can always have him go out there and beef in balor and people are going to love it no matter what so he's someone that you can have in your back pocket pocket when you need him and but the problem is is you have to build finn back up and get him on the level where it's completely believable that he could walk up to roman reigns and be like hey f you i want your title let's go Mm -hmm. and that's really what you have to do and that's what they're doing right now is you're building him up as the credible leader of judgment day as a credible threat to seth's title or roman's title or anybody else's title yeah so who you going with I love AJ because I love a Georgia boy, but I got to go with Finn. They're building Finn. They're working on Finn. You can recover AJ. No problem. So Finn. I'm going Finn Balor as well. Magical Wheel of Fun. Wrestler 2. Which is? Wrestler 2 is Finn Balor. There you go. All right, moving on. Let's talk about the SmackDown Women's Championship being on the line as Ronda Rousey takes on Shotzi. So Shotzi won a six-way women's match to become number one contender, which I think many were surprised because you had a variety of people in it, including Liv Morgan, who many would think would win said match. Um, But it was Shotzi, and it's something where they're in need of pushing new talent, pushing fresh names in the title picture because you can't always do the same match over and over again and since Ronda has been champion and not champion we've seen a different you know slew of contenders she's taken on Raquel Rodriguez on television during the first part of the the reign when and now she's going to take on Shotzi here at Survivor Series she took on Liv Morgan this summer so it's like you're seeing a new crop of women getting a chance to work and work in high profile matches with Ronda, which is a good thing. So, as this all has been going on, we've seen the reunion of Shayna and Ronda, and they've been picking on Shotzi. Because, you know, that's what you do. Because when you have the numbers, that's kind of how it goes. And now Shotzi's in a position where she has a chance to shock the world at Survivor Series by beating Ronda Rousey. However, since Liv just spent the summer doing that, they're not doing it here. <laughs> like, that's the thing. As much as we like Shotzi, and they, they've been... And you know Hunter has because he's used on NXT for years in some high-profile spots where you wouldn't expect them to use Shotzi, especially like hosting Halloween Havoc twice. They see a lot of potential in her, and when they give her freedom to cut promos and talk and everything like that, she delivers. This will be the biggest opportunity in ring she's had in WWE, 100%. Oh yeah, this is huge for her. She doesn't have to win to for it to be successful. She has to be competitive, though. She has to bring the fight to Ronda Rousey. She has to look good doing it. Because if you look good doing it, then you can get your name called once one more time down the line again and fight for a championship. If you, you stink up the, the, the stink up the ring, well, then you won't get any more opportunities. So I'm hoping Shotzi delivers on Saturday. I hope she puts up a hell of a fight. But we know Ronda's winning. That, that, cause 
we're now going to start gearing up for Rumble, Rumble and Mania, and you got to put Ronda in those prime positions. Yeah, as much as I love Shotzi, I have to agree with that. She's this is the biggest opportunity she will have. She's another one that they brought her up, and they didn't really do a lot with her, and she sort of had some family problems and some personal issues. So they've been, you know, very, very helpful in that and just letting her go deal with that which is absolutely what she needs to do and now she's back she's in a good place and she's ready to go um hunter will do things with her they they see things for for her Mm -hmm. right now though is not that time i have a funny feeling that 2023 will be her year where they're really going to start to push her as a contender um but as you mentioned with them going into royal rumble with them going into tv negotiations with them going into wrestlemania they want all their top names to have titles yeah. For specific reasons. So, unfortunately, I just do not feel like this will be Shotzi's night. Um, but I I hope they at least let her be, like you said, competitive. I would hate to think that Ronda goes out and squashes her in three minutes. No. Because that would do that would be a huge disservice to her. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like Shotzi could take Ronda. Like that's the thing. And especially with Ronda coming off a feud with Liv, it will be something new and refreshing and different. Where Liv was all had to kinda like grow into her gumption. Yeah. Shotzi's already got it. Shotzi already has it, yeah. Which, so, you, which is why I think she, which is why Sorry, I think she'll deliver. Yeah. So who's your money on? Rhonda. Yeah. If I was betting, I'd pick Ronda as well. So I'm going Ronda, you're going Ronda, wheels going. Wrestler 2. That would probably be the challenger? That would be, in fact, Shotzi Blackheart. There you go. Or just Shotzi. Give her her name back. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about it. The brawling brute, Seamus Ridge, Holland, and Butch, with Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens, will be taking on the bloodline, Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, Sami Zayn, the Usos, Jay, and Jimmy, in the War Games Survivor Series match. War Games. Not to be a complete hoe, but who approved Seamus walking out there and taking off his suspenders on national television like that. Who approved that decision? Paul Levesque. And how do I thank them? At Triple H. (laughs) More of that content. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. Please do it again. Anyway, this is going to be fun. This is going to be so much fun for the people involved. But this will be fun to watch. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. They're going to go out there and beat on each other banger after banger after banger after banger after banger. And we're all going to sit here and enjoy it when they bang and bang and bang and bang and bang and bang. Here's the thing. Every single person in this match is not afraid to either deliver or take an ass whooping. Correct. None of them. So they are going to go out there. They are going to full send, full ass (laughs) <laughs> this match not no half-assing here we are whole assing this match like i i'm looking forward to this tremendously this is another one it, it, if it opens that's great if it closes that's great i have a funny feeling it will close just because of who's in it yeah it's but gonna be it's gonna be good. it's gonna be a closing yeah but it's gonna be really really good so let's let's talk about some of the issues in this match okay specifically with the bloodline now everything is seemingly all happy donkey hoary or you know nice in uh roman reigns's world yeah but uh there's some cracks beginning show namely in the usos with jimmy and jay when it comes to one sammy zane 
namely Roman and Solo, they trust him, but Jimmy and Jay, especially Jay, aren't on board with this at all. They don't trust him any further they can throw him, and they can throw him in good ways. Um, do I think those cracks are going to boil over? No. Do I think those cracks are going to get wider? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. They're event. What they're doing is they're leading to the eventual split of the Usos, probably from the bloodline and potentially from each other. Um, just because Jay, because again, we go through, we we say this every pay per view, but Jay was forced to join the bloodline. Jimmy joined willingly, and they never resolved the issues with Jay. Not once. They literally had Roman beat him into submission, force him into his service, and they never dealt with those what I'm sure are ill feelings with Jay. And so they've just been festering and festering and festering for years, not even months, years now. Mm -hmm. And here you have Sami Zayn who comes along, wins Roman's trust. Super easy. He's accepted into the bloodline. Super easy. Jay's not about that life. No. One, because he had, he didn't even want to join. They made him. And two, he stayed because he realized that there's money to be made. But he's looking at Sammy getting everything handed to him. And he's like, hey, wait a minute. So, although I will say, I kind of do want the issues to kind of boil over a little bit. Like, I actually kind of want Jay to, like, accidentally super kick Sammy or accidentally hit Sammy or something to that effect and get rid of Sammy. Like, use the opportunity as a way to sort of try to take Sammy out mm-hmm. from the bloodline. Because it's like, it's going to be chaos, right? Like, everybody's going to be going for everybody. So, it really is the per- perfect opportunity for someone like Jay, who wants to get rid of Sammy, to do exactly that. Whether it's with a chair or a kendo stick or tossing him off the top of the cage through a table or what have you. However he wants to do it. Or using Sammy as a meat shield to protect himself. There you go. The, the opportunity would be there. Mm-hmm. On the other side, you have Seamus and Rich Holland and Butch, who are all solid. Yeah. You, ha- you have Drew and Seamus, who have a questionable relationship. They seem to be on good terms with each other right now, but obviously there have been issues in the past. And then there's Kevin. Who's just Kevin? Who's just Kevin looking to get the Roman, and even if his brother is on the other side, he's still going after Roman. We saw the conversation on SmackDown between the two, and that kind of allowed, well... Kevin to hit a stunner on Roman, even though uh, Sammy and Kevin never actually touched one another. It's going to be interesting when they finally go and get into each other's face and talk, and then get into it and fight at the at the premium live event. It's going to be interesting to see how they interact, if they interact, or they're going to save all their interactions for later. Because I still think the end goal is to have Sammy and Kevin team to take down the Usos and to end the Usos' reign, whether it be at the Royal Rumble, whether it be at WrestleMania. I think that's still the end goal. I think whatever happens at War Games is going to start the catalyst of moving into said direction. While I think Kevin may get a shot at Roman at some point down the line, I don't think that's where it ends up being. I think it ends up being Kevin and Sammy against the Usos, as the main draw coming out of it. And I'm here for it. I'm here for Kevin and Sammy to be the ones to dethrone the champs. Because them together... Is money. You got money for months and months. Because they can work then with anybody on the roster. They can be, be funny when they need to be. They can be, would be serious when they need to be. And right now, Sammy Zayn's doing his best work. 
bar none, and it has to lead to a payoff where he gets his big moment. Whether it's he gets beaten down by the bloodline, and then Kevin comes back to make it the save for him. Whether it be at War Games, whether it be because at War comes after War Games, because Sammy's the one who loses for War Games after he guarantees it, that would upset the Tribal Chief. If Sammy lets them down, because that could happen, and then SmackDown could be, you know, this is where Sammy gets tossed from the bloodline, his shirt finally gets ripped off, he's no longer there. Because that's a moment that's coming at some point. And they, but, but because they see so much potential in what's going on and how the crowd reacts, they're not ready to pull the trigger. And with no premium live event coming until the end of January, there's no rush to pull the trigger. On anything. Oh no! Continue to let it build. Slow burn the shit out of it. Yeah. Let let it let it begin to bubble the surface. Like I I would be okay with the issues staying there till Rumble or even as far as WrestleMania, where Jay just continues to build and build and build and build, and Jimmy's there going, no no no, don't do it, don't 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 do it. Like that's what I kind of want to start seeing is like Jimmy beginning to have to hold Jay back and stopping Jay and being like, no no no. No, we're not gonna do this. He's cool. And Jay's like, nah, uh-uh, no. And you just begin to have, like, again, it all fester until you finally get to that point where it all just implodes. And we've seen a little bit of Jimmy trying to hold back Jay. We've seen it, especially recently, in a couple little bits where he's, you know, trying to cool both sides down. But you keep it doing more and more of that, and it begins to escalate. To the point that even Roman begins to have to, like, start to step in and he begins to call Jay's loyalties into question. And he's like, you know, after all I've done for you, after all I've given for you, this is how this is how you're going to behave. And I would love for Jay to look at Roman and be like, I never wanted any of this from the get go. You made me. You forced me. So all this shit, it's on you. Yeah. Like that that would be a good moment and then Jay just walks off and then it's like what does Roman do? And Jimmy's kind of got a, you know, and that puts Jimmy in a really awkward position because and it puts Solo in a really awkward position because it's like that's their brother and Jimmy at least tried to to help Jay but ultimately Jimmy ended up joining the bloodline because he couldn't help his brother, but Jimmy has been complicit. Solo to a certain extent has been complicit mm-hmm. in the treatment of Jay where they never defended him, you know, or they never really like did a lot to help him before. Like Jay obviously Solo wasn't in the company he could, so he couldn't, but still it's there. Like you know, Jimmy at least tried and failed, but it puts them in an awkward position because it's like, who do you pick? Do you pick your brother or do you pick Roman? What do you do? Yeah. And that's where you begin to see the cracks in Roman where it's you owe me or better yet, I own you. Everything you have is because of me and I can take it away just as easily. Like we begin to see that sort of evil side of Roman Reigns begin to come out, that more villainous side where it's you you can't leave me you need me and you begin to have people like jimmy and solo realize we never needed him like the usos were successful without roman well before roman and they will be successful after roman and that's what they have to remember solo solo will see but at least for the usos they can look at roman and be like you know what we were billion time tag team champions before you ever talk to us and we'll be a billion time tag team champions after because we're just that fucking good we don't need you we don't want you and it could all happen around wrestlemania it would be fantastic and does that impact roman reigns's defense is that ultimately what costs him the title does he tom brady it 
Who knows? So all of that being said, who wins? That's a good question. It's a hard thing to choose. I think the baby faces need to win. I think Kevin think Kevin getting the win stirs up more for the story going forward than anything else. But I can also see it in my head where the bloodline still figures out a way to win. Because that's what the bloodline does. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I still think at the end of the day, whatever side has a Roman Reigns on it will always come out on top until it's time for him to no longer be champ. And then the cracks in the bloodline fully come undone, if that makes sense. That makes sense. I could... I could see that it's really, really easy to... Because here's how I kind of see this going, is that it all comes down to Roman. Or it all comes down to one person with the bloodline. Like, Solo's hurt, the Usos are hurt, and then it's either Roman or Sammy are hurt. And there's one lone person standing. And you maybe have two or three on the other side. Take your pick on who you want. Kevin, if you want. And then somebody else. And Roman then... Say it's Roman, just for simplicity's sake. Man's up and takes out the the babyface side and stands victorious. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's a good storytelling, but it's expected. I would rather see the babyfaces win just because that gives people like Kevin Owens, Sheamus, Pete Dunne, like everybody on that team, that gives them a legit claim to challenge Roman. That gives the Brawling Brutes a claim to challenge um, the Usos for the titles. Yeah. Where it's, we beat you, in war games. Fair and somewhat square. I want a title shot. Drew could do the same thing. Kevin can do the same thing. Like they can all basically lay their claim to whatever titles they want in the bloodline because they win war games. If they don't if you have the bloodline stand tall, like yeah, that's a great moment, but it's LOL Roman wins. And at some point Roman has to lose. If Roman has to lose, he would be very protected here. He would be very protected here, yes. But I think we've said that all year and every time, even when they did the six-man with the Drew, and was it RK-Bro earlier in the year? Yeah. That we thought they were that's how they were going to, like, Roman was going to take a loss, still came out on top. Which is why I think the bloodline still comes out on top, hooker by crook. I think Roman still finds a way. Despite Sammy almost losing it for them, or, or Jimmy also lose, or, or Jay or whoever, almost losing it for them, Roman finds a way to sneak out the win for his team. So I'm going Bloodline. You know what? Just to be different, I'll go with the Rolling Brutes and Co. All right, magical wheel of fun. Wrestler two. Bloodline. All right, there you go. All right, and last but not least in terms of the actual matches on this card, because there is a hypothetical, uh, we have Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Mia Yim, and a fifth to be announced on Friday, taking on Damage Control, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky, with Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley in the women's War Games match. First things first, let's make sure Dakota Kai does not betray anybody. She would never. What is it? Hypothetically, take a crutch to somebody's yeah, whatever, knee? It is, something like that, and then lock them in a cage. Yeah, never would she ever. Okay, going to warn everyone: the following few minutes is going to contain a spoiler. So if you do not want it to be spoiled, skip ahead about ten minutes. Three, two, one. 
So the fifth person in the in the war games for the women is going to be Becky Lynch. That's your spoiler. It will be announced on SmackDown this Friday, adding more star power to this already overloaded star-driven match. Because you got Bailey and Rhea Ripley in this one, you got Asuka, Bianca, Alexa, all in it, big stars. It's going to be fun. Backstory is Damage Control is the one who took out Becky to begin with. Now she's coming back for revenge. I'm looking forward to this match. I think this is the match I'm looking forward to the most on this show. Because you're going to see different sides play out. You got the Rhea, Mia, Yim, Meechin story. Whatever you want to call her these days. Because they're undecided still. As of a recording, her name was meant back to Mia Yim. Tomorrow could be Meechin. <laughs> you never know. Um, I'm just, I'm looking at everything with, you know, Asuka in there and her willingness to do things and Mia's going to want to jump off of something. Io's going to want to fly because that's Io Sky's thing where she flies. Nikki Cross, crazy. She's going to grab a kendo stick and whoop on somebody. Bianca's going to do some power move that's going to go like, holy you know what. And we're going to get some really nice interactions in this match. That's why I'm looking forward to the most. But I think, Lindsay, this is Rhea's match to win. This is, yeah. This is the breakout moment for Rhea amongst a year of breakout moments for her. She's building an incredible amount of momentum right now. And as much as I love Bianca, Alexa, Oscar, Mia, and the fifth being Becky Lynch returning, Rhea is like a freight train. She's just unstoppable. And it's really, I feel like, going to come down between Rhea and Bianca in terms of just a strength versus strength. Because mm. I feel like the only one in this grouping, even with Becky thrown in, that could potentially take Rhea, especially right now, is Bianca. And you begin to set that up between Bianca and Rhea, where Rhea's going to challenge yeah. for Bianca's title, because Rhea can. Like, she's just got that much momentum behind her, where it's like, who can stop her? The and, answer is not a lot. And she was supposed to get the shot before she got hurt. Yeah. So, it would be a nice, a nice thing there. I hope EO does not be stupid and jump off the top of the cage in a trash can again. Um, she'll, but she'll, do, terms, she'll do something, though. Just not in a trash can. <laughs> she can do something stupid, just don't do it in a trash can, because she hurt herself last time. Um, that being said, damage control needs this win. Damage control needs it hard. You need to recover Bailey. You kind of reco- recovered Dakota and EO by putting the titles back on them. But for the love of God, you need to get damage control's momentum going again. You've done some really nice things with them on Raw in terms of Bailey recruiting and bringing in Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley. But you just, you need to have damage control be dominant in this. I understand it's Becky. I understand she's coming back. But I would almost like Becky to sort of be a background player in this until later on in the match and then damage control just takes her out. Yeah, this is damage control sides to win. They need an opportunity to go look okay, we're the ones who want her or the group, we're the ones who have chemistry together. We need to come out looking strong because if they don't then you have to wonder what the future for damage control is in general. Do do one of the members of damage control have to be the one to get the pin? No. They just have to be on the winning side. I think Rhea needs to be the one who maybe beats Bianca or I, I, and gets a title shot at some point. But I think you're going to set the stage between Bianca and Rhea for probably the Royal Rumble for a title match. I think that's where we're headed. I think Rhea could pin Mia and everything's right with the world. And people have been noticing Alexa kind of has been sort of not all 
all in in this match. She's kind of not focused as she once was because of a, you know, certain presence that's been around. And when you know when they're on the same show tomorrow? Or, yeah, by when you're listening to this, it'll be tomorrow on SmackDown. They're on the same show. Hmm, interesting. Hmm, hmm. Very, very interesting. Could we see Alexa turn on, on the group? That's a very good possibility as well. Could we see something happen where Alexa loses her sort of sanity in war games, where the violence escalates to a degree that it sort of, I don't know, removes the restrictions that she puts on herself? Possibly. And, you know, with the influence of a certain uncle that likes to say howdy, perhaps he brings her back into the fold. Possibly. Because we've seen, we saw a hint at Crown Jewel and everything with Bray has been intentional up until this point. We know the history and we know the connection between Bray and Alexa. Could they, could they be looking at that? Because there's a lot of unresolved stuff there between those two. Yeah. Could Bray potentially cost Alexa? Could he take Alexa? We don't know. Could Uncle Howdy do it? Because here's the thing. With the introduction of Uncle Howdy, okay, it doesn't necessarily have to be Bray that's in control. Because it's very apparent with the way that they're telling the story, Bray is not the one who's in control. Yeah. It's the masked uncle, creepy uncle Howdy, spirit, illusion, demon, whatever you want to call him. He's the one in control. So he could be the one that is going for Alexa as a way to bring Bray back into the fold. Mm -hmm. Because it's that connection back to the funhouse, it's a connection back to who he was, bring Alexa back into the fold and and he could lure Bray over like he's trying to do, which he's successfully doing. Yeah. Because we're seeing Bray continue to lose hold of his current self. Yeah. And slipping more and more into that monstrous persona. So that could definitely play a factor here. Do I think it will? Um, I feel like we'd get a reference or two in the match itself, maybe. Like you just see Alexa grow gradually more and more unhinged, especially around Nikki, because they've done a really nice thing with the storytelling that Nikki has lost her mind again and Alexa has been normal. Yeah. And we all know how it started with Bray, but with Alexa and Nikki. So, and there's a lot of history there. And what they'll do there, I don't know. But that could play a factor. It could play a factor. There's a lot of options that could happen. I think the least, the least favorable option is Bianca Belair standing tall in victory. Because a match like this is a good catalyst to set the table for other challengers for her rather than her. Okay, she just took out the, the her team just beat the top five contenders. Now what? That's why it feels like it, this is more a damage control Rhea Ripley Nikki Cross win more than a Bianca Belair led team win. At least to me, which is why I'm gonna go team damage control. I have to agree with that. There's more interesting things that can come out of this if damage control wins, because again, you're setting up contenders for um Bianca, which she kind of desperately needs at this point so especially in someone like Rhea who no offense to Bailey would be an incredibly credible challenger and for the judgment day to get hold of the women's championship and kind of rule the roost mommy mommy could take over so I honestly I'm more interested in damage control winning than Bianca's team winning. Would I be okay with it, with it either way? Sure, but I gotta go with damage control. It's more interesting. It is more interesting. So damage control, damage control, and magical wheel of fun. 
Wrestler 2. Damage control. Alrighty, so now let's talk about it. The hypothetical six match that could take place on this card, or at least a confrontation of some sort, between one L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt. These two have been flirting with each other for the last couple weeks. You've had things escalate between the two. You've had uh, Bray's more mysterious personality begin to make his presence felt with L.A. Knight. Could we see a little something-something between the two? It, it's it's possible we get a match between the two, because Bray will be on this show, because he flew all the way to Crown Jewel. So, of course, he's going to be in Boston for this show, because it would make the most sense. Um, and they've been sort of slowly building to his uh, in-ring return. On SmackDown this past Friday, they had Bray, you know, try to make amends for attacking L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight would come out, slap Bray Wyatt, say, we're even. Bray's like, okay, we're even. L.A. Knight slapped him again. The look in Bray's eyes was like, pure mayhem and destruction is about to occur on you, son. Um, you then saw Bray arguing with himself backstage while the Usos were talking, but was not acknowledged. And then L.A. Knight leaves, and there's a presence that you see in the darkness. And would you know it, you come back from break, and L.A. Knight is under a pile of rubble. <laughs> okay, can I just applaud for a second the fact that you had Bray Wyatt mumbling to himself backstage? Like, this is... They bugged our show, Mole. Um, this is the kind of shit that I have been advocating for ever since Bray Wyatt came up to the main roster. The fact, like, I appreciate that they wanted to keep him mysterious. But for someone like that, just to have that sort of threatening presence where he's not all there. We know he's not all there. But we see him doing things, walking around backstage, you know, a couple weeks ago where he threatened the stagehand. And now this this week, it's he's around mumbling backstage to himself, talking to the voices in his head, you know, doing all of those things. And it's not necessarily, like you said, acknowledged. He's just there and present. It creates a sort of threat around him mm-hmm. and a more mystery around him because you're like, what's going on there? Yeah. Like, it's, it's a good way to have developed the character without being incredibly upfront about it where he's always just out cutting a promo or he's always doing one thing it's no it's just it's bray being bray backstage and the fact that he's in this environment and you're integrating him into this environment because it's the one thing you never really did in the past with bray wyatt is he never integrated into the environment of wwe he was always sort of separate from the environment and then he kind of came into it and then he left and he would go back to his little hidey hole with his light bulbs and his rock, rock, rocking chair and bullshit this integrates him in this makes him more human this makes him more believable that yeah it's perfectly reasonable that you could see someone like bray wyatt standing on a street corner talking to himself which makes the character even more scary yeah the fact that he could exist in this reality even though like he always could in the past like you could see someone like bray anywhere in the u.s or anywhere in the world the fact that he's now in a normal setting doing this is even scarier because you're like what's going on there right on the flip side you have la Knight. there i feel bad for him a little bit because they've finally gotten some momentum behind him they finally got him on track they're finally doing something with them and they're going to feed him to bray but that's okay. He's in a position to be fed. And that's why you build up someone like him. And that you can tell if they didn't see anything with him, he wouldn't be in the spot. Like, that that's a clear sign. He's in a spot where he's working with the top star that's not named Roman Reigns on that brand. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. So if they hypothetically would fight, Bright wins easily. 
<laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see the day. De- this is what they use as the debut for whatever he's going to be. Very similar to what they did with Baron Corbin and the Fiend years ago. They do that here. Um, I would also just be, t- be curious to see how Bray moves, how he looks, how he works, all those things. Because it's been, what was it last week? We said almost two years since he's been in the ring. Something like that, yeah. So, it, yeah, I'm very curious to see how he works. I'm sure it'll be the same, but he always kind of adapts his style a little bit to whatever he's doing. So, I, I want to see what he's going to do here. So, if in a world he wrestles, you're going Bray Wyatt? I have to go Bray Wyatt. Magical wheel? Wrestler 3. <laughs> Uncle Howdy wins. Wrestler 1. Bray Wyatt. All right. So that does it for our Survivor Series preview and the Gobble Gobble Wobble Wobble Spectacular. I hope you guys had fun and you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit your picks, you can submit them to um, at Wild Talk Radio on Twitter. You have up until really the show starts to submit everything to us and, you know, get those bragging rights for the end of the year. Bragging rights, like someone did in AEW. Pick them. You did well. I, I don't like the fact that I did well. I shouldn't have done well. Anyway, you can, speaking of that, you can check out CB Radio Not So Live, which is available right now. CB Radio returns live December 3rd for episode, I shouldn't say even episode, for year 15. The celebration. That's a That's long time. It's, it's a long time. It's like, a lo- congrats. It's a lot of shows, 700 and something shows, something ridiculous, 750 something shows, almost 760. I, it's a lot of, lot of reasons to be home on a Saturday night. So there you go. Sunday night, it's WTR Sunday Russell Talk Radio, 10 p.m. Eastern. They're going to review Survivor Series, Brandon and, and Tim Rowe. So tune in for them. Mondays, you hear us talk about Raw and the Raw Post Show. Then we'll be back live next Thursday night, live. 10 p.m. Eastern to review Survivor Series. Thank you for downloading it, spending some time with us. Whether it be whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you got it, and search the Rock Radio Show. We appreciate you. Because it's Thanksgiving, so we're thankful that you decided to spend some time with us. It's at Wild Talk Radio on Twitter. It's Facebook.com says Wild Talk Radio Network. And when we're live, you want to help support us, go to twitch.tv slash live. Use your Amazon Prime. Link it to your Twitch account. It's called Prime Gaming. Click the purple rectangular button. Support us. It's easy. It's simple. It's free. You can also use credit code RocketSock or Lens M. Ward in the Fortnite shop or Epic Game Store. Why? Because we are hashtag Epic Partners. You can follow me on most of the social medias at Lens Ward, L-N-S-W-R-D. You can check out my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Ward, where I stream Genshin Impact and occasionally I also stream Fortnite. So check that out when you get a second. Because it's fun. I think I'm like two followers away from being, you know, affiliate. So can we do the thing, please? I'll love you forever if you do. Thank you. But also, I'm just super thankful that everybody's been listening and supporting the show. We love you guys, as always. Check out the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at symbol linsward or linsward.rackradioshow.com. And don't forget to check out Matt in BG Films, youtube.com slash mbg1211. So with that, we are going to go get ready for Thanksgiving and, you know, have a wonderful day. We hope you guys enjoy your day as well. Have fun, relax, chill, be positive, and we will see you all next week. 
Until then, he's Rock. I'm Lindsay. You've been listening to Rock right here on WallTalkRadio.com, and we'll see you later. Bye. Do a wobble, wobble, wobble. Then we all just said good luck. WildTalkRadio.com.